Hi, I'm Roger Blackmore. I'm the lead pastor at Genesis Church on Long Island in New York. Thanks for downloading our podcast. I hope it's a blessing to you. If you want to learn a bit more about our church, then check out our website, genesisli.com. And of course, if you live within traveling distance of us, we'd love to see you in person on Sunday morning, worshiping with us. So here's today's message. Enjoy. Amen. Now, we're, we're in a teaching series called Brand New, where we're looking at the life of the Apostle Paul. And last week, we, we looked at Paul being um, rejected by the apostles in Jerusalem after he had been converted because they didn't believe it, and how Barnabas was somebody who came alongside of him to encourage him. And then we, we looked at the end that Barnabas was sent to a new church in Antioch that was just started, and he went over there and wanted to encourage the folks there, and he realized he needed help. So he actually went down, and he got Paul, Saul as he then was. He, he got him, and he brought him to Antioch, and they, they worked together there on the development of the church in Antioch, which was really an exciting time. And, and today, we're going to look at something that happened there, and I called today, say what? It's like when you feel as if you're hearing something that God wants you to do, and you think, no. Or, or, or like you get impressed to, to go in a certain direction, but you think, no, that would be ridiculous. That, that just would never work out. And, and, and the thing is this, what do you do when you ask God to show you what to do, and what He says sounds crazy? Now, I'll give you the abbreviated version, do it. Amen. Glad to see you. Have a good week. <laughs> All right, we'll have the extended version. It'll end there, though, okay? New churches. Hey, could, we, could you put up the picture of the church for us in San Marcos, please? Thank you. That is the new church building. that we dedicated this week in San Marcos in the Dominican Republic. That is the building that your gifts and your generosity and your love made happen. Doesn't it look beautiful? And uh, our team that was down there and worked incredibly hard down there um, during this past week uh, we're involved in a number of different things. Uh, the guys actually, the church has got a balcony, and uh, our guys made pews just from the, the straightforward lumber, cut everything out, put everything together, and they made pews this week so that upstairs now they've got somewhere around 120 more seats. So, because the church really is growing. And then... Um, the other thing they did there was just the church. Now, some of you have been there before. Um, the, basically, you've got the church building and then what is now the school building. And in the space in between, our guys also built this tremendous climbing frame, swing set, all out of wood, all from scratch. And uh, Now, in the school playground, they've got stuff like that, but that's all locked up. But this is for the community kids, so they can come in and play. 
because there's nothing like a park or a playground or anything there. So that was another of the things that the guys did this week. And then on Thursday evening, we had the dedication service. The mayor of the town was there and a whole bunch of other people were there and it was absolutely packed. And it was fantastic to see. And as part of the service, they asked Charlotte to unveil a plaque at the back of the church that says that this temple was built because of the generous donations of the people of Genesis Church. And, uh, and they had a verse from Isaiah that says, how beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. And a picture of Converse. <laughs> oh, they did. They really did. <laughs> they really did. That's why I love that church. You've got to have a sense of humor to do church right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely fabulous. So I want you to see that. And, and, and you know what? Because money goes such an, incredibly, uh, so, such an incredibly way further down there than it does up here, um, that building came out of our Christmas offering this past year. Isn't that fantastic? Love it. Love it. It's already, obviously, it's causing a great stir in the community because it's a beautiful building. It's a big building. And Pastor Freddie told me there are new people already started coming in. There are people who haven't been in church for ages who are coming back. And there are some of their elderly members who haven't been able to get to church because they were on the second floor. But now they're able to get back because this is a first floor building. So... There's a great buzz down there, and uh, that's a fantastic thing and a great opportunity for them. It's almost like a whole new beginning of another chapter. I, I get excited about new churches, not, you know, whether it's church buildings or people who are planting churches like Tom is going to be involved with, and uh, wherever they are, and uh, I love it. I, I've, had a lot of, uh, I've got a lot of friends who are church planters, and Anytime anyone is going to start a new church, I'm pumped and excited about it. And, and you know what? There's always a buzz and an excitement around new churches. So coming back to our brand new series, th that was how it was in, in Antioch. It was a new church. The thing was going incredibly well. And uh, they were all set. And then in Acts 13 and verse 1, it says this. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, Barnabas and Saul, went on their way, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. Say what? Everything's doing good. We've got this church in Antioch that has taken off. We've got everything going really well. And then suddenly, one day when they're praying, God throws a wrench into the whole thing and says, hey, you know what? I want Saul and I want Barnabas to go off somewhere else and to do some other stuff. 
And it seems so insane. It seems so ridiculous. But you know, very often when God speaks to us, initially it might not seem something we can understand. It might sound ridiculous. But of course, we've always got to remember that God knows more than we do. And God sees more ahead than we do. And God loves us tremendously. One of the things I noticed from this and and that I think is so important for us is recognizing that for all of us, wherever we are in life, this is not a solo journey. God never intended any of us to be going along this Christian journey by ourselves. It's not a solo journey. In fact, even when it came to the leadership of the church in Antioch, there were a number of people that were involved in the leadership. In Acts 11 and verse 29, it says, the disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for brothers and sisters in Judea. They did, this they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. And uh, there, there it shows when they took this offering to help some people that were in need, they they went to the elders or the pastors. The the leadership of the church was always plural. In Acts chapter 20 and, and verse 28, Paul says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. It was plural. Be shepherds, plural, of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. God never intended church to be a one-man band. And in fact, you know, the downfall of tragically, of many churches and of many leaders is that they have been just that. But the reality is God intended that we should do whatever we do and that in church we should function however we function, but that we should do it alongside of others. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9, it says this, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. In other words, they've that, you know, they're working for each other, and there's a reason for doing it. And then if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. We need each other. We need each other. This is not a solo journey, and God never intended it to be that way. That's why we need each other here. That's why church is such an important part of God's plan for us. In the book of Romans chapter 1, verse 11, Paul says this to the Romans. He says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. So he'd never been there yet, and he wanted to see the believers in Rome. And he said, you know, I believe I could bless you and I could strengthen you. But, but look at what he says next. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Mutually encouraged by each other's faith. You know what happens here this morning on any Sunday morning? We encourage one another. Mutually encouraged by each other's faith. You know, for sometimes it's easy to sort of say, ah, you know what, I don't think I'll go today. And, and, and you know what, the, that shows that kind of you're, 
your approach is very much one-sided. Or, or, or let me just say that I want to remind you that when you say, I'm not going to go today, what actually you're saying there is, you know what, I'm not going to be an encourager to anybody today. I'm not going to be somebody who's, who's listening to anyone. I'm not going to be somebody who's trying to just bring comfort to anyone. It's not just a case of I'm not going today for me, but the fact is here, church together, means that we support and we encourage and we strengthen and we comfort one another. Is that right? Amen. That good? Remember the hand signals from last week? We good? Okay, we good. Right, we got it. All right. All right. But it, but, but it is. And, and if we're not careful, we can get so sort of self-centered. The truth is, I know, you know, I know there are parts, there are times when life's pretty rough, right? And uh, there are times when we don't feel perhaps like being here. There are times when we don't feel we want to be around people. But you know what? When you're going through a bad time, you need others. And when you're going through a good time, others need you. God never intended us to live this life isolated, and we actually will never succeed on this journey isolated. It is the devil's work to try to isolate us and to try to pull us away and to try to pull us apart because God's plan for us is family. This is not a solo journey. I want to I encourage you today with everything that I, that I can that, that recognize the fact that you aren't just a sucking up part of this church, but you are a contributing part as soon as you walk through that door. You really are. So there are people you've talked to today. You, you know what? You might have had just a, a, a simple, brief conversation. But you never know. There are people that say to me sometimes, I'll never forget, 15 years ago, you said this to me. I got no idea what I said two minutes ago, let alone 15, <laughs> let alone 15 years ago. But I guess God used it and God used that to be an encouragement and blessing to them. And so, you know what? We, we, God's put us together. And we need to treasure that. And we need to value that. And I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you this. And now and again, I mention this. And I'm going to look straight at the camera. If you're watching me at home today, but you could have been here, you should be here. Not for your sake, but for our sakes. For our sakes. Because you being here contribute something to the whole thing. Amen. We miss you. And if you're out there and you've never been here, if you're within reach of where we're at, we would love to see you here one Sunday morning very soon. We need each other. This is not a solo journey. So here, here was this group of leaders in the church at Antioch, and then as they are praying together, God speaks to them and gives them some direction. Let me say this. While we are traveling together, God is always trying to guide us. God is always trying to guide us. Do you remember years ago when they kind of, I guess they were GPS systems. I think it was a TomTom, the thing I had. Any of you remember those? And I thought I was like, you know, I thought I was like, wow, the bee's knees. Here I am. I've got this tom-tom now in my car. Hey, because when we came to Long Island, we didn't know where we were or where anything was. And some of you will remember this. On the passenger seat of my car, there was a hagstrom. Right? Some of you got no idea what a hagstrom is? You missed it. 
right? So, so I went everywhere with this huge, great book of street maps and everything else, and it was the only way I could find to get from one place to another place. But then fast forward, and suddenly I've got this great navigational system, the TomTom. Never get lost again. Until the Saturday afternoon that I set it, a couple, I didn't really know them, but they got in touch through a friend, and they were getting married, and they wanted me to do the wedding. And so I chatted with them, and I agreed to do their wedding. And the wedding was, I don't even remember where. It was somewhere in Brooklyn, but it was overlooking the East River, like a classy place, the place I belong, you know? So... <laughs> So it was, it was a really classy place that looked right out over the East River, and I was just looking forward to being there and getting the view of the river and the city from over there. I was really looking forward to it. So I'm going down, and, and I, um, I come off the, the LIE, and it takes me onto the BQE, and I'm going down there, and then it takes me down someplace, and then we're getting further and further inland, it seems. And then we're going down narrower and narrower streets. And I'm somewhere I don't know where in Brooklyn, where there are just like warehouses and stuff. And I'm thinking, there are probably bodies in here somewhere. <laughs> it's like, I wonder. And like, I, I don't really want to be here. And actually, I'm meant to be, I'm looking at the time, I'm meant to be at a wedding now, you know, so I get out my phone and I, I call the place, but I've got no signal. I think it's a trap by the mob. <laughs> and I figured, I'm just going to get back to onto the BQE, and at least I know where that goes, and, and drive a little bit further till I can get a phone signal. And eventually, last minute, it was a summer's day, I'm soaked with perspiration. I walk into this incredibly fancy, classy place, and like, I'm the sweaty preacher who's going to do your wedding. <laughs> it was ugly. Thankfully, we've come a little bit further now, right, <laughs> with navigation systems. But you know what? Through the journey of our life, God is always trying to guide us. I want you to look at what it says in Isaiah 58 and verse 11. The Lord will guide you always. Now, you, you notice that word? The Lord will guide you always. That's why I say God is always trying to guide us. If we will listen and if we will allow Him, God will always guide us. It says, He will satisfy your needs. Now, if we allow God to guide us, this is what will happen. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Those are some beautiful pictures, aren't they? And that all comes down from this. If we will let the Lord guide us. The Lord will guide you always. So here they are. They're praying in this church at Antioch. Great church. Really growing. And as they're praying there, then here in Acts 13 and verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. God guides them. God tells them 
what he wants them to do next. God says, I will guide you always. Now, I don't know how the Holy Spirit said that to them. And you don't either, right? Now, I could, I guess I could sort of think, well, maybe maybe one of them had a really strong impression and said, I, I really feel here's what God's saying. I don't know. Or it could be that they heard a voice saying, set apart Barnabas and Saul. This is the Holy Spirit. But I don't think that happened. You see, God speaks to us. You might look at someone like that and say, yeah, well, God, you know, God talked to them. God doesn't talk to me. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. You say, how do you know God talks to me? Because I know. Because God wants to. God will always. That's what the Scripture says. The Lord will guide you always. God is always looking to direct us and to guide us. God speaks to us through the Bible. Now, it's amazing how many times in the last month or so this whole thing has come up, that the Bible really does become and is our foundation and our guide. The only way God can speak to me through the Bible is if I read it, right? I mean, you know, here's someplace closed. God, you know, God's going to speak to me through the Bible. No, the voice isn't going to come out. The fact is, as I am reading, God is going to talk to me. God speaks to us as we hear the Scripture being taught. So here on a Sunday morning, we open ourselves up to, to God, and, and, and we, we, we're ready to hear God speak into our lives. That's why reading the Scripture for ourselves is so important. If you're traveling with me through the book of Psalms right now, we are going to be starting today on Psalm 36. If you'd forgotten all about it, why not start today at Psalm 36 and just take a psalm a day in Psalm 119, verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light to my path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light to my path. When you're not sure where to go, where you're uncertain as to where you should be traveling, God's word will lighten the path by showing us what we need to do. God speaks to us through the Bible. Then God speaks to us through those who teach the Word. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says this, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers for this reason, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So God gave different people to the church for the purpose of equipping his people so that they could serve and so that the church would be built up. God speaks to us through teachers. God speaks to us through his word. The main thing then is to really get a hold of what God says and to allow what God says to affect our lives. Sometimes God speaks to us through friends and family, right? Now, sometimes we've got a family member who thinks they are permanently the voice of God. I'm not talking about that. They're just opinionated and want to control. 
But the fact is this, sometimes God does speak to us through others. In Proverbs 12 and verse 15, it says, fools are headstrong and do what they like. Wise people take advice, right? Wise people take advice. Sometimes when we're not sure what to do, the fact is when we bounce things off, somebody who knows us and loves us and cares about us, the fact is they might have some insight that we don't have by ourselves. And God can speak to us through our friends and through our family. Very often, though, I feel God speaks to us simply by the impressions that we have within us. Whether, you know, the, the, the way we start to think and the, the whisper, the impression of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Jesus promised that in John, promised it in John 14. He said, the friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all things I have told you. The Holy Spirit spoke to these leaders who were praying in Antioch, and the truth is the Holy Spirit speaks to us as well. The Holy Spirit speaks to us frequently, not in an audible voice, but we get a sense of here's what I think I should do. Here's where I think I ought to go. Here's what I think would be the best way for me. And we get that because we're asking God to guide us, and then we become clearer and clearer in our thinking that this is the way that we really ought to go. Let me say this, by the way, that God's never going to tell you to do anything that contradicts what His Word says. Okay, this is the final authority. This is the ultimate authority. And if you say, well, I think God told me to do X, Y, Z, and X, Y, Z is not in the book, or X, Y, Z is forbidden in the book, I want to tell you this. God didn't tell you that stuff at all. That's not the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That's not God guiding you. But you need to be very open and obedient to what God is saying. And then I'm going to tell you this one, which none of us really wants to hear, but we all really know. God speaks to us through problems and pain sometimes. Sometimes when we're going through something, God speaks to us through those troubling times. Psalm 119 says, my troubles turned out all for the best. Look at this. They forced me to learn from your textbook. There are times when, you know, God allows things to happen because, you know, when stuff happens in our lives, we tend to say, God, will you help us? And God says, yeah, I've been here all the time, but you've been busy. And in our trials, in the tests of life, we hear from him. God speaks to us. God says, I will guide you continually. But here's the bottom line. John 14 and verse 21, Jesus says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by the Father, and I will love them and show myself to them. Jesus says, the person who has my commands and does them. So here's my question to you today. Are you aware of something that God's been saying to you that you haven't acted on? Is there something that you've been hearing from God that you actually aren't following through on? And if that's the case, what I want to encourage you in today is this. It's not enough really to have an idea of what God thinks or of what God wants. We need to hear His commands and do His commands. 
We need to hear his voice and follow his direction. The Holy Spirit said, listen, I want you to set apart Saul and Barnabas because I've got something for them to do. That sounded crazy. Why would you break up that winning team in Antioch? Why would you take out of that team the two leading individuals? And that brings me to this next thing. Obeying is better than understanding. Obeying is better than understanding. We will not always understand what God is saying to us or why God is saying that. But I want you to notice here in Acts chapter 13, when God spoke to them, it says, so after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. They perhaps didn't understand the whole thing. It's like, what's God thinking about here? Why would God want to take them away? This is crazy. We need them here in Antioch. But the reality was this, that God had a plan for Antioch, but God had a plan for a lot of other cities that involved Saul and Barnabas. God had a plan to reach countries that hadn't been reached. God had a plan to develop hundreds and hundreds of churches, but that would never have happened if Saul and Barnabas were in Antioch. The leaders in Antioch, Antioch alongside them on this particular day had no idea what God was going to do and what God was asking them to do might have sounded insane but the thing is this though they didn't understand it they still did it did you ever ask God like to give you some kind of direction and then you thought okay this is what I think God wants me to do and you think but how could that work out how could that happen why should I do that? That sounds illogical. I can tell you story after story after story of people who've told me that they felt impressed to do something in, in, in the area of giving, and they felt impressed they should give stuff, and, and, and you know what? They couldn't really afford it, but they did what God told them to do, and God turned around, and God blessed them many, many more times afterwards because they did what God told them to do. There were people who were on our team this week, and I, I heard someone refer to the fact that when, 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 they, when they committed to coming on the team, they didn't know how they were going to finance it, but they felt God wanted them to be on the team. And you know what? God supplied what they needed. Obeying is better than understanding, and there are times when we will not understand, but we still need to obey. Because here's the thing. If our faith is never stretched we'll never know how far God can take us. Right? If your faith is never stretched, you'll never know how far God can take you. Over the last number of months as I've recovered, you know, at different times, a lot of people have said to me, should you be doing that? And like part of my thing is this, I don't know unless I try it. And if I try to do it and can't do it, then... I back off. But I can't progress unless I try. You get what I'm saying there? Yes. You know, so I've got to, and, and you know, when it comes to following God and to serving God, the truth is this. If we want to live in a place that is safe and secure, where our faith is never stretched at all, the truth is that nothing ever exciting ever happens in the comfort zone. 
Now, we love the comfort zone. A lot of us would like to live in the comfort zone permanently, but the truth is this, nothing ever happens that's exciting in the comfort zone. God is always one going to be guiding us forward, leading us forward, stretching us a little bit. So the things he asks us to do, the things he tells us to do may seem irrational. They may seem impossible. But if we will obey, we will see the benefits of God showing up big time on our behalf. Things never stay the way they are. So in Antioch, they didn't. God shook things up. And you know, that's true for us as a church. It's been true for us in, right through the course of our story. Change, change, change is the only thing that's here to stay. Everything living and growing is changing. What's God asking you to do next? What step of faith is God asking you to take? What have you begun to hear God saying to you and speaking to you? What's next for you? And I want to encourage you today to open your heart to God and say, God, I want my life to be where you want it to be and how you want it to be. And where you lead me, I will follow. Let's pray together.